Thank you for listening to Right Jokes, Wrong Times. Today I was joined by Jennifer Marroquin. You can follow her on Instagram at Jenna underscore Marroquin. We started the podcast with me talking about taking my kids to the drive-in movies. I wanted to reward my kids for, the you know, it's been like three weeks of remote learning, and I feel bad that they're sitting there staring at a screen. So we were like, yeah, oh, let's yeah. do something fun tonight. So we're like, all right, let's take them to the drive-in movie theater. And I was just sitting there oh. thinking, I'm like, so I'm really going to take them to a place where they have to sit down, shut up, and pay attention <laughs> to a screen like for the next hour. I feel bad. I was just thinking about it. So, But it's hard, man. I don't want to take them in anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's especially with the COVID going around. I think the numbers are starting to go down, but who knows? Here's my fear as a parent is taking my child into a public restroom, like out and about, just because they had to go. Wow. I don't like that. I feel like that would definitely be the hot spots. (laughs) (laughs) They're definitely hot spots. (laughs) I'm excited to talk to you today. So I asked you to think about a joke of yours that works on stage. So what do you have for me? Yeah, I'm going to go with my opening joke. It really works the best. And my opener, every time I get on stage, the first thing I start with is... I'm half lesbian (laughs) on my mom's side. And that always gets a really big laugh. It's just a really strong opener for me. And I think even recently, since I came out as bi, the joke works even more now than it ever did. So I'm really glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about that. You just had a post about that, which I saw and I love. What a great post. So was that you coming out, if I can ask? Yeah, yeah, officially. Okay, so that means that I saw you do that joke before you came out. So do you think it would be weird to now, not weird, weird is the wrong word. Do you think it'll be different now to do that joke as somebody who's out and you did it before as somebody who was not out officially? Um, I don't think it'll be weird. I think it'll make more sense because I think... Definitely will, yeah. Since I was like, quote unquote, straight before, I think it just kind of made no sense as a joke. But if anything, I feel like now I can build upon it and make it something even even better than that quick one liner that it is. I'm happy because in a very like minor leagues way of what I think people in the LGBTQ community go through. I left Mormonism, right? Yeah. I kind of had like a mini coming out of the closet with leaving Mormonism. So (laughs) every time I see somebody who comes out of the closet, I'm like, damn, dude, I like the courage that that would take is like what I did times a million. So I loved seeing that post. And what I'm really excited for is I think more authentic people write more authentic jokes. And so I'm more excited for the jokes to come out of you. So the joke is that you're half lesbian on your mother's side. Yeah, yeah. Do you mind if I ask you? So is your mom lesbian? Like, is that true? Or like... So like you know what I'm, you know I, what that's that's a fucking weird question. I'm not gonna ask you. If, <laughs> I just realized like oh I just asked her about her parents' sexuality. You know what? Strike that from the goddamn record. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Holy shit! I mean it is true though. So <laughs> yeah, I just realized how weird that was on paper though. <laughs> It's fine. The first step is realization. I love that joke because I feel like it sets a tone real quick that is really funny and real. Uh, I want to say self-deprecating, but it's not like self-deprecating in a depressing way. It's it's more like you're there to like have fun with everybody in the room when you drop that joke. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think when I originally started writing jokes, that was a big problem I had. A lot of my jokes were very self-deprecating to the point where, like the audience just felt bad for me and I was getting more like aws than laughs. So I had to kind of work on that. <laughs> you know what? That's the fucking worst. I've had a few jokes that on the punchline you say it and people were like, oh, and you're like, oh, shit, they thought that was yeah, true. Like- <laughs> God damn it. You're like, no, it's funny. Laugh at my pain. I swear, please. 
<laughs> I hate it when it's like the uh, appearance jokes and I'll write an appearance joke about myself and I'll say it and there people are just like, oh, and I'm like, God damn it. I, yeah, I, didn't, right. I, I didn't really think I looked like this, but now I do. Damn it. <laughs> Same, same. I used to compare myself to Dora the Explorer in like my <laughs> early sets, but like I think that started getting more awe reactions than it did laughs. So <laughs> there's definitely some jokes I've cut because I'm like I don't like the reaction that I'm getting. Like... <laughs> so speaking of jokes that I've cut, I asked you also to think about a joke that you have that didn't work on stage. So what do you have for me there? So I've been trying to get this joke to work out for a while, and like I've told it a few different ways on stage, and like there are points of it that get loud but other points that like it's it's like that is completely dead and here's crickets and it's kind of a story joke which I need to work on because like, I'm bad at storytelling me too yeah yeah so like I had this job once right and I'd been there for quite a while and they asked me if I wanted to apply for like the lead position like team lead who says no to that <laughs> somebody's yeah, just exactly. like no no, I'm, I'm good making minimum wage. No. <laughs> so like I applied for that job and they told me for the interview, like I did the interview and after the interview, they're like, okay, you're going to move forward. The next step is you're going to prepare a presentation so that we know that you know how to give easy to follow instructions to your team. Should you lead a team, right? Oh, I so, would have failed this so hard. I would add yeah, so many questions so already. They're like, we're going to get like three or four supervisors and you need to explain to these three or four supervisors how to tie your shoe and i was like oh okay i was like that sounds simple but then as soon as i walked out of the interview and they gave me a day to prepare for this <laughs> this presentation i realized as a grown woman i did not know how to tie shoes and i was like oh god this is <laughs> this is horrifying and so the joke you look down goes, at your velcro straps and you're like okay yes! lift and put down <laughs> As a grown adult woman, I only wear flats and heels mostly. Yeah. So like I haven't had to tie my shoes since I was a child. So so the joke goes, they asked me how to tie my shoes. And I took a second and realized I did not know how to do that. So I went up and went to them and said, that's a sexist question. And went on this feminist rant about how only men would know how to tie shoes because women's shoes do not need to be tied. And like, there are points in it that are really funny, but there are also long silences in it. So I think that's a joke that I've always really wanted to work on stage, but it's so hard to get like all the punchlines in there. You could low key make people like really uncomfortable for you. Just like, are you trying to get me to bend down? Is that what you're trying to do with this? <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, because I think just explaining that whole setup of like, it was a job interview and they asked me, how do you tie a shoe? And I was like, I don't know how to tie my shoe. And like, why is this black leather couch here? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's this long, boring story that no one wants to hear. But then when I'm like, <laughs> that's a sexist question. Like, that's when everybody starts laughing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like that because especially here in Texas, there's a lot of people that are uneasy about sexism. What I mean when I say that is they are uneasy of the definition of sexism, I think. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have this like vague, that's sexist. And people <laughs> are like, yeah, I guess, you know, like, like I love, they just roll with it. Like, yes, I think so too. It's so funny because 
in the joke, the supervisors ask me like, how is that sexist? And I go on this huge rant about like how women in corporate are expected to wear heels and you don't need to tie heels. So we're taught at a young age to not tie shoes. And like the rant, it gets a few laughs here and there, but getting to the rant is like really, really tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I ask you a serious question? If you don't mind, I'm a dude that's like draped in privilege. I'm a white male. What has work been like for you in the workplace like have you ever had any sexist moments in the workplace i don't think so right now i work kind of as a sales assistant at a car dealership right nice so like i'm the person you get to before you get to a salesperson i kind of like when the salespeople are too busy to answer their phone, yeah, like you get me. I'm kind of the middleman, if that makes sense. Just um, stay away from the huge gorilla <laughs> on top of the dealership because I heard it's really handsy <laughs> on windy days. Exactly. Yeah. No. So like the only time I don't, I would say I don't experience sexism in as far as like my coworkers and like that kind of setting. But like sometimes yeah. I'll get customers and they'll be asking about like the specifics of a truck and yeah. the customer will be like, well, can you get me a guy? Like, I feel like a guy would know more <laughs> about this. And like, I'm like, wow. Okay. And it's try to transfer them somewhere. You know what? Fuck you, Jen. I don't feel bad for you because when I go to a masseuse, I only want a woman masseuse. So they benefit there. Wow. You, know? you know what? Reverse sexism isn't a thing, Brendan Potter. <laughs> I also asked you to think about something that you're writing about now. So what do you have for me there? Something I'm working on now, what I've been writing a lot about is, again, I recently came out. So I've been trying to write a lot about that. And more so than ever, how when I came out, a lot of people did not care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you, as somebody who's left Mormonism and then also started doing comedy, it's such a stark reality when you're like, oh, shit, nobody gives a fuck. Also, yeah, like starting a podcast is the same thing. Exactly. I I legit, like, I wanted a big reaction. I wanted people to, like, flood my comments and, like, post right. and everything saying, like, we love you. You're so brave. You're great. You're amazing. And literally <laughs> none of that happened. Like, they were like, all right, cool, whatever. Which in itself, from the outside looking in, is also kind of cool. That, like, it's just another day in the park. But I I understand, like, wanting the reaction. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to write this joke now. Like, guys, I'm trying to throw a party for myself. And you're, like, the (laughs) angsty teenager on your cell phone who doesn't care. Like, I don't get it. (laughs) Okay, here's the deal. You should have not invited all straight guys to your party. They're just, (laughs) you came out and they're just, like, all uninterested. Yeah, they really don't care. I asked one friend, she legit said, like, to be honest, I didn't know it was a secret. Like, I thought you knew. I didn't know you were in the closet or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask? I actually know somebody from, like, you know, 15 years ago that that was the case. And that was, like, my reaction. And that was, like, they were offended by that. Was that, like, offensive to you? It really wasn't. So, like, again, even before I came out, like, I've, I've had a gay mom since I was a teenager. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's the reason I kind of came out so late is because I always felt so this is true story. When I would see like an openly gay woman or lesbian in public, right. I would legit turned on. try no, not turned on. I, I'm, but joking, like, I'm joking. Try to get their attention and like wanna be their friend, if that yeah. makes sense. Like I I'd wanna go up to be, them and be like, You're amazing, you're great, I love you, can we hang out? Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. I feel like 
that's something straight people did not experience. But like, I always told myself, oh, well, I have a lesbian mom. That's probably why I feel a connection to these people. But like, my so, people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I it's always, like your tribe. Like, exactly. But I was like, no, no, not me. My mom. That's why I care so much. Honestly. You're, you're kind of like an Amish person that has to like go away and be straight for like a year. <laughs> Just to try it out. Just to try it out. And they're like, now you have to decide. It's either real world or back to the farm. Yeah. And I chose a little bit of both. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like I sneak back on the farm. I sneak back. Just occasionally. <laughs> well, dude, I can't thank you enough for talking with me today, man. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. It was a fun podcast. I enjoyed previous episodes and, and really like it.